Welcome to Modern Sales, a podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and salespeople looking to have more and better conversations with your perfect clients. You'll get a healthy scoop of psychology, behavioral economics, and sales studies to help you create win-win relationships. I'm your host, Liston Witherell, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Modern Sales. And on today's episode, I have Greg Hickman, one of the owners. Wait, Greg, do you have a partner or is it just you? I do not. You don't. The owner. We have the man, <laughs> Greg Hickman, the owner of Systemly. And I'll be sharing all about kind of my deep dive into what he's doing because I've taken a special interest in it. But Greg's going to be sharing on today's episode a little bit about how he's built this business, how systems are such a critical component, and how you can use systems and automation in your business. Now, before we get to that, I do want to let you know, if you're looking to scale sales at your agency or your professional services business, hit me up. I'd love to chat. Go to liston.io slash strategy. You can fill out, and Greg, you'd be very proud of me. You can fill out a strategy form, which I will evaluate before I talk to you. And then you can automate a booking, which will automate emails to you. So that's liston.io slash strategy if you would like to chat with me. Greg, how are you today? I'm very good. Thanks for having me, man. Excellent. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here. And for all of the wonderful people, my dear listeners, your dear listeners now, Tell us a little bit about you and how you got to be where you are now with Systemly. How far back do you want me to go? <laughs> Let's take it all the way back to the day. So one thing you mentioned is that you used to be sort of in corporate yeah. and you went into development. Like, tell me what was your corporate job and how did you make that transition? Yeah. So I come from big brand agency, part of Omnicom, working with brands like Pepsi, Unilever, small cog and a big wheel. Is that right? Or a small wheel and a big cog, whatever. Small cog. Yeah, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Small cog and a big wheel. And then went to a smaller shop, kind of did a couple startups. And my last kind of corporate gig was on the client side for a large retailer, Cabela's who just in the last, I think, year or two got acquired by Bass Pro Shops. So if like, you're into hunting, fishing, camping, you would know exactly who I'm talking about. And really up until that point, I had a completely different focus expertise than I focus on now, which was within mobile marketing. So text message marketing, mobile apps, mobile websites, mobile commerce, which in the retail space at that time was and is still very, very important. While I was at Cabela's, slightly before I got to Cabela's, I had started blogging and podcasting and speaking on mobile at a lot of the events where my now clients would attend and created tons of amazing connections, sharing the message of mobile to a lot of people and started doing a little bit of consulting here and there on the side. And I decided that I wanted to kind of build out some solutions for like the small retailer that wasn't necessarily capitalizing on mobile. So we had a, a text message marketing platform for small retail companies that were actually in the outdoor space, similar to Cabela's, but like independent, so to speak. And I was like the mobile guy, right? In my previous life. And in kind of building out my own business, learning about how to build a business online, et cetera, there was a lot of ups and downs. And I kind of just hit a wall where we couldn't break past a certain revenue mark. And I was just really frustrating, really struggling. And at the time, I had been using Infusionsoft for myself within like client onboarding and some of the sales process and stuff. 
mainly because a lot of the people that I followed within the online business sector were using it and recommended it. So I just started getting really good at it and became fascinated with it. And kind of when I hit the wall, I was actually hosting a podcast with a buddy of mine at the time. It was called Zero to Scale. And around episode 50, he's like, hey, like, well, if you were to do something different, what would you do? And I said, you know what? If I had to do something different, I'd probably focus on automation. I'm fascinated by it. All of the types of people that I want to work with are using it. So I was way more passionate about serving like the online business person versus like independent retail. And so he basically challenged me. He's like, well, go get three clients. If you can get three clients in the next 30 days, like that will unlock your ability to think about it more. He's like, you'll overthink it if you kind of think beyond that. So go get three clients. In six days, I had seven clients. I was like, oh, the pain is real. Like one call closes versus six months to a year sales cycles. Within a matter of like two months, I was making more money than I had been making in the previous kind of mobile stuff. And that's kind of when I was faced with what I felt like was the most difficult challenge actually, which was like, man, this decade plus of experience in this arena that I'm essentially throwing away, not throwing away, but you know what I mean, to go do this thing that's completely like unknown. Obviously, there's more traction here already. And he basically said, do you want a real business or do you want to be the mobile guy? And I said, I want a real business. So I went all in on it and fell in love with it even more. Had the chance to be behind the scenes of a lot of online influencers and entrepreneurs building out their systems. And it started off with like sales funnels and marketing funnels and all that. But I think we'll talk about this later. But I really found way more opportunities to help people in the back side of their business in the fulfillment and operations side using automation as well. And then we started working with service providers that kind of rang true even more and became way more clear that you need to automate. It's called marketing automation, but it really is just automation. Like You can use it in all areas of your business, not just sales and marketing, but fulfillment, operations, etc. to really create a lot of efficiencies. And I just kind of kept going down the rabbit hole of systems and automation and we were essentially a done-for-you service provider and then have kind of evolved into a training and coaching and implementation company. Okay, so hang on there. I want to come back to that. But one thing you said earlier was you had all this experience. You're the mobile guy. And you said, or your friend challenged you, and thanks, buddy. That was probably the best advice maybe you've ever gotten. Cheapest advice, certainly. Yeah. He challenged you to go try something new. You mentioned that you were throwing away your experience. Now, I agree with you when you corrected yourself. Like, of course, you leveraged what you'd learned into the next thing. But take me back to that moment. What were you kind of thinking when you thought, okay, I'm going to have this divergent path now if I go into automation, whereas before I was doing mobile marketing? Like, What were the risks there in your mind? Yeah. In reality, I don't think any of the risks, they were just stories I was telling myself. But I had spent literally over 10 years in that space and developing some really cool things. And it just kind of felt like in big brand and big retail, everyone was already investing and diving into mobile. But coming from the background that I had, like I just didn't want to work with big brand and big agency. And so... I wanted to help the smaller guys, but the smaller guys were still trying to figure out stuff way before mobile. So like mobile was still like, I was like way too early for them. So I was like, man, do I really want to wait this out? Like I've spent all of this time, like it could only be like another year or so of like 
when they're all like kind of hip to the party and ready to jump in on mobile. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I've been banging my head against the wall long enough. Like, I am interested in automation and I do want to have a real business. And I think it actually kind of really came to when I said, if it wasn't mobile, would I still be working with like independent retail? And the answer was no. And that was kind of like the aha moment of like, what types of people do I want to work with? And it was this online-based entrepreneur that was kind of creating a business, work from anywhere, work from home, build a lifestyle that you want. That was the intriguing part of like, man, like there's something about these people that I'm interested in. It would be awesome to work with people like that, that just got it. And that was more of it. But yeah, I mean, it was like literally everyone knew of me as the mobile guy. And like I would speak on it, 14, 15 speaking gigs, getting on stages, having fun, meeting new people. But it wasn't turning into revenue in any way, shape or form. It was just like it was a persona. Oh, interesting. And it was like, all right, I just got to shed that persona to like get to the next level. Yeah. And so you said within seven days, you had six clients. Yeah. I'm guessing you had some relationships in place to facilitate that. Yes, that was huge, right? So I've been speaking to all these events, building these amazing relationships with never asking for anything because I wasn't targeting those people. They brought me on their podcasts and I got to talk about mobile. And so their audiences got to hear my name. And then I went out to a couple friends that I knew were using it. And I said, Hey, if I can help you do this stuff with Infusionsoft, would you be open to like a 90 day contract where I do X, Y, Z, you pay me this. And like at the end of the three months, we can reevaluate. And I got a handful of people to do that. And I kind of sold slightly different scope of work to each of them on purpose because I didn't know to what extent I wanted to like do that for people, right? So I kind of wanted a little bit of variety knowing that hopefully by the end of three months, I would walk out and say, okay, like this is what I love about it. And this is what I hate about it. This is what I'm going to keep going forward with. And this is what I'm going to shed. And that's exactly what happened. And it allowed us to evolve really quickly. But yeah, I did have the ability to go and say, hey, friend who has a group of a couple thousand Facebook users, would you throw out a message and say, is anyone interested in this sort of help? And I was able to get two, three customers just from like that message alone. So yes, definitely had the relationships and it was massively helpful. (laughs) (laughs) No one has ever ended that sentence I had the relationship with and it was horrible. There was no reason to have those. It was such a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Okay. So you build this company now where you're focused on automation and you have clients and that's going really well, but you start to realize that what, what changed that led you into more of a coaching and training model? A couple things. One lack of experience, I think kind of led me down a path where I built a service-based model that was out of my control If I tried to relaunch that style of delivery now, it would be completely different. We probably could keep growing. But what I felt in our process was a lot of these people hired us to like build out these things using Infusionsoft in their business. And when you start to use a tool like an Infusionsoft, like an active campaign or whatever tool you use, they're really the backbone of your business. And what we found is becoming the person that was responsible for that in these clients' businesses really was handcuffing them in a way that sucked for us because the word Infusionsoft comes up in a sentence and now it's 
our responsibility when some of these people were using Infusionsoft for 10 years or five years before we even started supporting them. So like there was stuff that we did not build that would break that was now on our plate. And it turned into just like we were troubleshooting a lot of stuff that we never built, but now we had to take ownership over. And it was sort of like we were like their internal Infusionsoft person. And I just felt like we're becoming like a glorified freelancer and really just an employee of their business, or at least Mm. that's how we got treated in a lot of cases, which again, if I went back, I think I could have readjusted that, but I didn't know any better at the time. That of like waking up every day to fire drills, I was like, this is not what I signed up for. Like my analogy always is like, even though I don't follow NASCAR, there's the guy that builds the engine. He's not the guy that's jumping over the wall in the middle of the race and changing tires, right? Like that's the pit crew, like the day-to-day executional stuff. Like we didn't want to be the day-to-day admin of the tool. We wanted to help build engines. It just like we'd start off building engines and it would turn into us becoming the admin. And so kind of the evolution was we were doing done for you. We realized that everything we sold was a retainer. And then we're like, all right, well, we noticed there was like an 80-20. There are specific campaigns and automations that we're constantly building. Let's package those up and sell those as like one-off projects to inject some cash flow. We started doing that and we saw that that was like selling way easier. And it was easier to deliver for us because we could create systems around delivering the same thing over and over and over again. We essentially productized the different things that we were building, the webinar funnel, the Jeff Walker style launch program, whatever. That then led us to the next transition, which was while we were always done for you, we were never like full service. So we never wrote copy. We never did the ads. We never did the design of landing pages. We were always like the automation and like the connecting to all of those other things. Like the types of people we worked with, they had copywriters or they wrote their own copy. They had their landing pages. Like those weren't needs that they had. So we were always just like the automation element and like bringing it all together. And so what ended up happening was we sell a project, we'd sell like a webinar funnel and we'd be like, Hey, here's the copy that we need, right? Like we need three emails here, five emails here. We'd even give them samples and it would take 90 to sometimes a year to get the elements that we needed from them. And by that time, the scope changed. They didn't want to do it anymore. And it just kind of created a lot of mess. And I was like, we systematized it to the point where our work could be done in three or so business days from the receipt of what we needed from them. Mm-hmm. And they're, the only variable is how long it took for us to get that thing. And so then we realized, well, giving the kind of just this open-ended, hey, get it to us whenever sort of thing, even though we challenged them to get it to us quickly, their business things happened and like it just got delayed, it got delayed, it got delayed. And we had literally one client that took a year to get us like seven emails. Then I was like, well, why don't we just make this into like a done with you experience and we can serve many people going through this exact same thing, delivering the exact same thing. We give them the templates for the copy and we just show them how to insert the copy into the finished piece. So we do our piece. They get a piece of training that shows them how to copy and paste into the tool of their choice. And now it's like whenever they're done with their copy, they're done. But like we can wipe our hands and move on to the next person. And that's kind of what evolves. Like, sweet. Well, going one to from one to one to one to many doesn't change anything. Like it's still the exact same process for us. And that's kind of when it became apparent, one, that that's possible and it's way easier for us. And clients actually 
the real benefit is they understand the engine that they now have because they had to go in there. Even the simplest thing of putting their own copy in, they have a better idea as to how it works. And so when it breaks or they change something down the road, they at least understand the plumbing because they're the ones that are going to be responsible for the day-to-day and we are not. So that's when it kind of clicked that like, I don't necessarily want to be a full-on done for you ever. Like everything we do is very done with you. Like we give you a lot of the stuff already built and then we just customize it and tweak based on your business. And what that does for us is, well, really for the, it enables the client to like know how this important piece of their business operates and also so that they can hand it off to somebody else. And we actually even help with that process too, because the owner, most cases, isn't the one doing it. It was like, okay, done for you. Packages delivered through one-on-one. Okay, we can deliver the same package one-to-many. And now we only need some specific training and resources to help them finish it off. And it's more scalable for us. It's faster for them to get live. And they actually know more about how it works that they feel more confident in their business. And it was like, it kind of felt like a win for everybody. Well, I think one additional thing that you didn't mention there, which is in your favor, is when clients sign up for this one-to-many model where they're getting training plus some coaching with you and a little bit of hand-holding, but maybe in a group setting, it also has the benefit of having an expiration date. So they have more urgency now to do it. They're not going to say, hey, Greg, hold on. It's going to take me 12 months to get you these seven emails. Exactly. Yeah. That definitely created some more urgency as well. I had a guy on last week. His name's Chris Martinez, who runs dudeagency.io. And he kind of went the opposite direction of you. So he was seeing some of the problems that you're talking about. But rather than focusing on, okay, how do we deliver strategy in a one-to-many setting at scale? He instead shifted towards, how can I just do the hands work? the actual implementation and grow a team overseas. And I'm curious, why did you make the decision to focus on strategy rather than just building a team of doers who could continue to give you that subscription income? If you're familiar with like WP Curve. Yes. One of the original productized services, you know, now like a design pickle. Yeah. Alex is a friend of mine. Yeah. Like we were trying to create the WP Curve for Infusionsoft users which there are a couple now that kind of exist. We had over some overseas team. I just felt like the type of clients we were working with, like it was more about the strategic implementation than it was like the hands to keyboard. Right. Nowadays, like while it's extremely valuable that I can import any campaign to my clients, 85% done. So like, I don't need to have people overseas, like literally any type of automation that you would use in the platforms that we support, like it's 85% done. All the tags, the timers. If you want to add an email here or there, like it doesn't break anything. It's really just where's the content and where are the landing pages and how do we connect them? I just felt like it wasn't really necessary to go build that for go have like a team. Mm -hmm. If there's someone that wants to go support that ongoing, totally cool. I do think there's a place for it. It just wasn't the model that I wanted. Like being a marketer and kind of coming from the background that I came from, while I love the systems and the automation piece, like it's the how do you use it to achieve a goal, right? Like, and that's like the strategic part that like still fascinates me. And that's kind of why I feel like you look at, and no disrespect to any of these people, because I love them. Like there's a lot of people that are like, 
certified partners in these automation tools that are great implementers, mm-hmm. right? But they'll, they'll never build a business, right? Like they'll always be able to execute on someone else's vision. Whereas like I can hear what your problem is and I can create the solution and then find other people with that solution. And like, it's just, that's more of an exciting business for me, right? Like you can always find someone and I don't want to necessarily say it's commoditized because I mean, it is commoditized, but like there are not that many good people that like are out there. I think that like are combining the strategy and the implementation that you can get both of those in one place. And I think we've kind of packaged it up nicely that works for our type of client. Like they want to know what's going on and they want to be able to have someone in their business manage it versus external. Again, these tools are like a core piece of your business. And the types of clients that we work with, like, and even big agency, and if anyone is listening that like comes from agency, at Cabela's, we would pay the best agencies and we would literally have them write into our contract that they have to teach us what they're doing so that we don't need them anymore, like within a year. I do think that the business owner that wants to create the team and grow something that's big and not like this full-on freelancer contract deal will want this stuff internally and it will benefit to have it internally. And those are the types of people that we want to work with anyway. Like we know it should be managed internally if you want the best results. I don't think that sort of solution is going to be what you want. Like when you're just outsourcing to people overseas, the delay could cost you a lot of money. Yeah, totally. I think the delay is a big thing. That's one thing that I found with my own outsourcing is there's a loss of immediacy and there's a loss often of just sort of rapport, (laughs) which it's hard to quantify that, but it means that you're not clicking quite as much. Yeah. It depends on the type of business you run. But what we've seen is when you work with providers like that, some are really good. I don't know anything about this agency that you're talking about, but the dream, or I think like the initial selling point is that someone is doing it for you, right? Mm-hmm. But when that person's not available and something needs to be done and you don't know how to do it yourself, you could be in a bad situation. And we've had clients that like lost hundreds of thousands of dollars due to that situation alone. It's like, oh, this person's overseas. It's their weekend. They're not checking in. Like when you have this service that has a lot of these constraints. And I'm not saying like overwork your employees either, but like when you have your own team, like typically the team is bought into the vision that like if there's a fire drill, like all hands on deck and like they're jumping in and like the problem can get fixed. When it's you're just paying a service provider who has their own schedule and you're one of many clients, like those things probably won't happen. Like unless you're paying some sort of extra service fee and these people are on demand, which no service like that, I think is really, while they might promote it that way, is actually doing that. Mm -hmm. So I think you just kind of expose yourself. So again, depends on how you operate your business and how you're using these tools and how planned out you are for sure. But yeah, there's benefits to both. I agree with that. And I would always favor building the business that you're building, where it's much more on the strategy and sort of the I'm building intellectual property that's associated with me and people get to know me for something, which has all kinds of other benefits and leverage in the future. So I want to talk about, speaking of IP, how you think about automation and how you teach your clients 
to use automation in their businesses, but we're going to keep the listeners on hold. So hit subscribe. If you're not subscribed, tune in tomorrow for part two of my conversation with Greg, where he'll be telling you everything he knows. I'm exaggerating, but the good stuff. He'll tell you the good stuff about what he knows about automation. We'll see you then.